to The Favorites. I'm Chad Millman of the Action Network, and this is the parlay episode of The Favorites. Sunday Night Football is on. We've finished most of the second week of the NFL, all of week three of college football. Together with Paul LaDuca, four-time All-Star, Major League Baseball, analyst for the Action Network, and Jeff Schwartz, eight years in the NFL as an offensive lineman. The three of us are going to give you your first look at how to gamble in the week ahead. Paulie, how you doing, buddy? I need a hug, Chad. Well, I am here to give you, give you one. Laughing at the other end of the line, Jeff Schwartz, who, by the way, deserves all the credit in the world. Jeff, tell us about your circumstances and how you are calling into the podcast right now. Yeah, so Hurricane Florence is in, out here in North Carolina. We did not get hit with anything close to what the coast had, but... Uh, I'm in Charlotte, and we've probably gotten 10 to 12 inches of rain in the last 24 hours. It actually has stopped raining, but the power's been out at my house since uh, we're taking this at 9 p.m., probably about midnight last time. We got a text message from the power company, and so we still have no power. I'm sitting at my island at my kitchen watching the Sunday football game on my iPad, and there's three candles that are on, and I have a flashlight just in case anything gets crazy, and so hopefully... It'll be on soon. It's not really, and I to tweet this out too, it's not really the power outage that's bothering. Like, we were prepared for this. We were all ready to go. We we had food this morning. We cooked them a green egg. As soon as I woke up, we had food for the day. We were ready to go. But it's not like, I could throw, like, a stone to, like, a house that has power. Not even with a backup generator. It's just, like, that block has power. And that is what pisses me off more than anything else. <laughs> Listen, you're a true professional, and I appreciate it. And I totally totally get it that is the bully for them but boy that sucks for you yes and it's if the giants and the undercover tonight i feel a lot better because um i put a lot of units on a lot of games especially in college football it just did not happen so this game it would make me feel better if i could sit in the dark and watch the giants cover and there not be a lot of points scored we're, we're, we're getting close to that but I hope we can, can finish the, the, the night out well, and then we can start the week off uh, really strong with our plays for week three. All right, well, here's that's a great transition, Jeff, because in case people don't remember how the show works from episode one, the three of us are each going to come up with three picks that we love from college football and the NFL, but it could really be anything over the next week. The idea is to give people an idea of what to preview for the next week in gambling, right? It's going to be a nine-team parlay. We're going to put down $60. It pays off $20,000, all right? Any one of us can throw a challenge on one of our picks. Uh, if one of us loses on the other's behalf, there will be very much of disappointed people. I can tell you that right now. Um, I want to review for a minute because uh, we had a poll that went out on Twitter on uh, at the favorites pod and on Twitter uh, asking people to vote on who had the best picks last week. Chad had. The Jaguars plus one and a half. The Chiefs plus five. BYU plus twenty-three. Huh? Three what do you know? Maybe. What, what do you know? Those three covered. That's that's interesting. I didn't even know that was that was going to be the result when I read those. Uh, Jeff Schwartz had the Giants plus three. We'll see what happens with that because we're taping in the middle. The Eagles minus three, a loss. Arizona State minus three and a half, a loss. Paul Laduca had Missouri minus seven, a loss. University of New Mexico, which he convinced us all to go in on and won. And the Chargers Buffalo under 44. He lost. Millman, Millman went 3 0. Millman went 3 0. He is a third person, your last name? Millman. Millman talks about Millman as a sharp. The Millie Monster, as they call me in the other episode of The Favorites that I do with Blackjack, Georgina. Georgina. Georgina? Calls me the Millie Monster. You left. Laduka, you'll have to listen to the other podcasts. I know, like, you're only going to listen to what the one you're doing, but listen to the other ones, and you'll you'll come to appreciate Georgina. Well, but, you know, I, I did. I listened to your podcast two weeks ago, and you were on tilt. And then last week, you were just felt like you were falling asleep. And you know what? Now you know what the secret to your success is. You were relaxed. Yeah. At the beginning of the podcast last week, you were so angry. You made angry selections. But I, I, I don't know how to like sort of state it. You, the Giants rattled you so much last week that you bared down a little bit. So hopefully Schwartzy and I, I'm going to tell you right now, the the Missouri Tigers 
they 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 befuddled me yeah. a little bit on Saturday. Yeah, and they're going to make me bear down this week. They befuddled me. They should Purdue threw for almost six hundred yards, and Missouri should have covered the game. How about Missouri had the ball on the goal line, first and goal, and decided to take a kneel. And, and Purdue should have just let them walk in for the for the at least the tie. I mean, they were minus seven, and Purdue decided to play defense and let them kick the field goal. It was just one of those games. Listen, if it's going to make days. you be a better better this week, I'm all for it. Okay. Uh, three things I want to discuss from today's games because, and they're all tied together. Number one, what do we do with the Bucks? Like Jeff Schwartz. You've been yeah. in NFL locker rooms. Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing like a man renewed. What happens when Jameis Winston comes back? Is this team is this team talented? Is this team playing better than it should? Answer all of those questions at once. Well, okay. So the the deep plays are what I envisioned them to have to happen last year, right? They have Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson as a home run threat, and OJ Howard. And today they hit on two seventy five yard touchdowns, which is really abnormal in a ball game. Hit on two of those, and they obviously beat the Eagles uh, by six. They're not running the ball terribly well. They drafted Ronald Jones from the USC in the second round. He's not even playing right now. He's inactive every week, um, just for not even injury reasons. Just just it's a healthy scratch, inactive. So I, I don't know if we can totally buy Tampa quite yet. They still have the same issues rushing the passer. Um, the Eagles, to me, and I, and I picked them minus three because I thought they're just they're just better all around than, than Tampa, especially at the line of scrimmage. Um, I don't think we can buy Tampa quite yet just because um, you, you, these home runs are not something that you can rely on throughout the season. You, you, you can't build the offense, in my opinion, on, hey, I hope we hit a home run, a three home runs this week. You have to build yourself on consistency. And I don't know if we're going to get that from Ryan Fitzpatrick the whole season. To your to your question about Jameis Winston, when he comes back, well, the first week he's back, they have a short week. They play on Thursday. So I don't think he plays that week. But the future of that franchise is Fitzpatrick, is, me, is Jameis Winston. And this is, the, the I think, the quandary that the Browns are in, too. And, and I think we'll talk about them in a second is, you know, Baker Mayfield is the future, but Tyrod might give him, like, sort of a chance to win now. And, and what do you do to save your job? And Dirk Cutter, their coach, is trying to save his job. And so that might be playing Fitzpatrick longer to get more victories, but it really stunts the growth of the future of your franchise, which is Jameis Winston. So how do players feel about that when that happens? Um, it's a good question. I've been in a couple of situations like that. I've always wanted to play uh, like the guy who's better at the moment because I want to win football games. You know, a lot of us don't think about long term because we're not there long term. We don't. A lot of us don't have long term contracts, or if we do, we know that the guaranteed money is only such. You know, for two years. I remember in in 2011, we had Matt Moore and, and Jimmy Clausen. Now, Jimmy Clausen wasn't any good, so it made the decision a little bit easier. But you know, Matt Moore was was playing average. He was playing well, and we wanted him to play because he gave us the, the the best chance to win. And as soon as they could find a way to take him out, they took him out of the game and put in Jimmy Clausen, who was an utter disaster. We went back to Matt Moore. He he hurt his collarbone, and that was the end of of Matt Moore. Um, but like we just. The, the guys will want to play the best guy to help them win now, um, and especially on, on that team with older players like a Mike Evans or like a Deshaun Jackson, they'll want the guy to get the ball and, and score a lot of points. All right, so you mentioned Tyrod Taylor and the Browns. Uh, is their defense for real? Is that something we can count yes. on? And, and sort of there is a, a gambling lens for all this, which is we're now two weeks in, and we've seen the Bucks' offense be consistently explosive. And we've seen the Browns' defense be consistently good. Yes, they were they were an excellent run defense last year. I talked to an offensive line coach of a team that was playing them um, uh, last year, and he said, "Dude, you need to watch their film, and you need to like write about it because what they're doing is is really unique." They they basically said last year, "Screw it, we're not going to care at all about." Um, about stopping the pass, we're going to stop the run, and they did that. And this year, you add in, you know, a healthy Miles Garrett. Um, you have uh, uh, who's been a monster. Their pass rush interior was awesome today, and you add in Denzel Ward, who you drafted uh, in the first round, and now they can stop the pass a little bit. They, their defense is legit. If they could just please 
play Baker Mayfield, please. Tyrod Taylor is not helping you win football games. I know that that play today, the end of the game. I mean, the Saints, come on, guys. Like, you've done this now two, two years in a row where you, where you can't play defense at the end of the game. So I, I think the Browns' defense is for real. All right, last question. Last question to review week two in the NFL. Vontae Davis apparently retired in the middle of a game. That's how bad the Bills are. And I, uh, listen, I was on the Bills bandwagon today. I was also on the Cardinals bandwagon today, in addition to being on the Jags. But, um, Jeff, as our resident NFL literal insider, what the freak, man? Or as they say in the good place, what the fork? <laughs> um, that was uh, incredible. Um, I would say this. If you are, if you are not um, 100% willing and able to play this game don't do it and, and look we're down so many kids um we're, i'm just i'm done with it like I, I can't do it anymore i can't play anymore and he just bounced i mean I, paul have you ever had a pitcher like have a bad out and just retire in the middle of the season um <clears throat> i've had a couple guys in the minor leagues do it just because they just did never had a chance i've had one guy in the big leagues it was tyler houston and um it was because of davy johnson i'll never forget it was 2008 it was the last game of the season and he had an incentive where if he got over 100 he was a pinch hitter if he got over 150 at bats or something to that aspect he would get a fifty thousand dollar bonus in his contract and he had 148 at bats so i remember the day night night before he was saying i'm going to swing at everything well the last day it obviously came from management it was the last day he did not start <clears throat> so he dressed in street clothes, shook everybody's hand in the third inning and said, night, night, I'm retiring. And so the Dodgers decided not to play him that day and give him his $50,000 bonus, which happens a lot in other sports. And he decided to shower in the third inning and left. Wow. Yeah. What did you think of that? Were you like good for him or were you like, eh, it's kind of a... Yeah, it was good for him because you know what? As players, you're all for the player. Um, Ty was a guy we picked up midway through the season and he, we didn't make the playoffs. He was sort of, sort of supposed to be our playoff guy or playoff push. And then last five games of the year, we sort of like ran out of gas and then we were out of the race. So play the guy, get him his at bats. But I felt bad for, for the manager because it came from, from upstairs. What ends up happening in those kind of situations is teams don't want to dump a hundred, 150, 200,000 if their team's not going to make the playoffs so they pay attention to how many games you caught how many games you played i remember gary sheffield one year one year told me how much do i how much is my incentive of games played i said it's twenty five thousand for 50 games he goes don't worry you'll get it i go what are you talking about he's like don't worry so i started taking fly balls in left field he got me 15 appearances in, in left field just by saying hey skip Put Laduka and left. Uh, I'm sore. We're down, we're up ten one, and he got me my bonus. No way. That's a true story. I always love Gary Sheffield for that. But I played it probably. If you look, I want to say it's <clears throat> in 2000 or 99. In one of those years, I had like 15 to 17 appearances in left field where I played an inning or less. We we had a we had a we had a D end offer one of our left tackles a bonus. A part of his bonus if he allowed him a sack. Like it was mid end of the season, he needed one more sack, like to get his like like a million dollar bonus, some crazy number. He's like, dude, let me get the sack. I'll you know I'll let you hold like fifty thousand, some crazy number like that. <laughs> it was really funny. No way. He did it, but yeah, yeah, he didn't give up the sack on purpose. But yeah, he's, he's like he needed the bonus. So he's like, dude, I'll, I'll let you hold fifty. Now who now who would know if he actually would have paid him or not if he did it? But no, he of course he didn't do it on purpose. He didn't let him sack up on purpose. <laughs> Did the guy get the sack? Uh, no, he didn't get a sack that game. Screw him. Screw those defensive guys. Yeah, <laughs> screw those guys. All right, speaking of money, it's time to let the show go on. We got to get together and pick nine games that we love so we can go win $20,000. It didn't happen for the first week, fellas, um, and it didn't happen because you guys both sucked. And so, wow. um, you wow. know what? You guys are athletes. You made it to the highest levels of your profession. There's like a less than 1% chance for either of you to get, for anybody to get the level you got to. 
Yet I'm the one. Listen, I'm the one who like went three and zero the first week. I'm the only one keeping us alive right now. I'm the only one trying to get us that condo in Del Boca Vista where we can all move in together. Okay, Jeff. Let's do it. You start the show, buddy. You know, something that, that I, I spoke to you about when we we started working together is like, how would it be like my football instincts go with gambling? Because obviously, that that's something that's that's uh, something that's you know unique. Is you know, do you, how much do you look at like where you know the square play versus the sharp play versus what I think is going to happen on the field? Um, and so, when you look at these at these lines. Cincinnati is still not a sexy pick. Like people are still not respecting them. They're 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 now two and zero. They're getting three points. It was three and a half. It's already bet down to three right now at Carolina. You have the Panthers, a team that is out there. They're they're tight end. Still both tackles. They they played a guy at left tackle today who they signed on Tuesday. That's not really ideal. The offense is still not getting really anywhere with Cam Newton. They went to Atlanta. They didn't play very well. And look, they didn't terribly play well in Week One. The Cowboys really played. Awful. So now you have Cincinnati plus three, a team who's two and zero, who's playing really well right now. They look like a playoff team. Look like the 2015 team. Um, they're still getting no respect, and so I think this is a, a great play at plus three on Sunday. What do you think about that, Paul Leduca? You know, I don't mind it. It's a bold pick, right? I mean, I would think the public's going to be on Carolina. He's sort of right. Uh, it seems like Marvin Lewis has been on the hot seat since I was born, and. It seems like they're just finally going in the wrong direction. And finally, I think he hit the nail on the head. They're under the radar. This whole Le'Veon Bell thing with Pittsburgh is Cleveland and the Josh Gordon thing. Everybody in their division is sort of under turmoil and for the first time, where it seems like Cincinnati has always been had sort of the troublemakers with Vontaze Perfect and all, all kinds of other things that, that, um, that he's had to deal with there. So... I actually don't mind this pick at all. They were dominating, um, uh, you know, when they played last. So uh, Andy Dalton looked great. I don't mind the pick at all. I think it's a smart pick. Um, look, the Bengals' defense is 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 a, yeah, they they a great defensive line, right? And look, I loved them in Week One against the Colts. They covered. I uh, picked them in Week Two on Thursday night against the Ravens. I thought the Ravens were just way overrated by the public going into that game. Um, I agree with the move by the wise guys moving this game down from three and a half. The Panthers are still one of those teams. Like I didn't know what to think of them today. Uh, I don't love their defensive secondary. I mean, Jeff, they're right in your backyard. Um, I don't like the fact that they don't have Greg Olson, but. Uh, so I, I don't know what to make of them yet. And I don't think Atlanta's defense today was as good as Cincinnati's can be next week. So um, I can agree with you. I will not throw a challenge flag on this pick. Boom. Okay. We got one already. We got one. Uh, Paul LaDuca. Okay. So after uh, having a guy retire midway through the game, I- no, come on, man. I, I I literally watched Joe Flacco put up 47 points. They actually didn't take their foot off the gas pedal. I'm not lying to you. I could have ran through some of those holes today. If they wanted to, the Chargers could have put up 70. They, put, they took their gas off the pedal. At one time, I had a chance actually to hit that under. It, it was basically 28 to 13 for a good 15 minutes of that game, and then Josh Allen threw a pick. He's scared to death. There's no way they put up. I would I would make a prop bet they don't put up more than 10 points in Minnesota, and I think Minnesota absolutely buries them. And I would I would be surprised if Buffalo they are awful on defense and i'd be surprised if they put up over 150 yards on offense um and i think that minnesota is just going to absolutely bury them and the line 16 and a half it's by far the biggest line it's almost nine points bigger than any other line in the nfl minnesota so my pick you're saying the bills the bills Bills would be an underdog against the alabama crimson tide that's what i'm saying that is ridiculous. They're awful, Chad. Did you watch it's the first ridiculous. half of that game? 
Yeah, I watched the I watched the game. They're awful. There's no doubt about it. They're a terrible team. They're not going to be underdogs to Alabama. More importantly, you want to make a 16-and-a-half-point favorite. <laughs> One of our picks. A 16-and-a-half-point You were favorite. telling me that Josh Allen's going to be able to handle that crowd in Minnesota after Minnesota got dead lucky to, by the way, what are the chances they're being back-to-back ties in, 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 in NFL week? But Minnesota's got to feel a little bit fortunate that they, they tied that game. So, a little bit of a win. You tie Green Bay, divisional. Now here comes Buffalo coming in. Josh Allen's going to be literally, he won't be able to even hear the count. I, I, I've watched both of the games, Chad, at home, and they have been annihilated. I'm not lying to you. If Phillip Rivers didn't take the gas off today, they would have put up 50-something points. I mean, Melvin Gordon was running through holes bigger than the LIE. I looked at this line too. This is one of those where, like, as a as a as like a guy who's like a football guy, I'd be like, dude, they're gonna win forty five to seven, right? Like, it's gonna not even be close. And I kind of agree with that. So here's the way I look at it, Chad. I got a question for you on this, Chad. So if you if Minnesota so far has scored twenty four, I believe, at home, and then they scored twenty nine today, so how many points do Minnesota scores on Buffalo? 30, let's say it was 31, so then how many does Buffalo score in Minnesota? Like, I guess it's a lot of points. I don't know. I don't, Here's hate the other part, Chad. They were dealing with Aaron Rodgers today. Eyeballs in every part of their head. Now they're dealing with Josh Allen, who's going to be shaking. Different ball game. Am I, am I allowed to take a pause on the challenge flag and like wait to see what other, what other picks we yeah. have today? Before yeah, I let's put a pin on in this one. I'm yeah. not sure I agree I with this pick. It's too, it's too many points. By the way, you're the same guy when New Mexico was down 14 nothing. You texted me and go, nice pick with New Mexico. We'll have to talk about this one. Meanwhile, you jinxed my other two picks. New Mexico is the only one I won. Thanks, Chad. Yeah. By the way, I was giving you encouragement. Nice job on no, New Mexico. It's, it's called, rever- it's called no, reverse no, psychology. No, I see the way it you was, work. I, I was like, Leduca, he's a genius. Nice. Uh, he's, he's, he's so right on that pick. That even though they're losing, I know they're still going to come back and win. That, that's what I was thinking. You are a leader. That's I'm what a leader. you say. You are I'm a leader. leader. All right. I'm going to lead us into the next pick because we're putting a fucking pin in this one. Uh, all right. Here's my first pick. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. College football, boys. Mississippi State is a 10-point favorite at Kentucky. I would say... Mississippi State, which is undefeated, might be a top five team. If Mississippi State's helmets were a different color and had, you know, Florida on them instead of Mississippi State, they'd be a top three team right now. Like, I think they are that good. And um, Colin Wilson, who writes for the Action Network and uh, covers college football for us and is sort of a college football savant, he puts out this great story every Sunday morning. And I use this as the basis for my pick for BYU as an underdog against Wisconsin that uh, was one of the picks that went 3-0 in our parlay show. Um, he puts out a story every, every morning, every Sunday morning, where he gives his own power rankings on what the spreads should be. He has Mississippi as a 13.5-point favorite in this game uh, on the road. The books opened it at 10. I, I was emailing with Colin. The only thing we can think of is that Bookmakers believe Mississippi State might be looking ahead to Florida, to playing Dan Mullen, their old coach, the following week. So they're shading Kentucky a little bit. But I like Mississippi State in this spot as a 10-point favorite over Kentucky on the road. I just bet this game on our app, the Action Network app, as you were talking. This is fabulous. Um, I'm not trusting Kentucky ever to play football now. They they did end their streak against Florida, but Florida I don't think is very good right now. And you're right, Mississippi State. If they had any other um, mascot or any other uh, any other jersey color, I, I agree with you. They'd be much higher ranked. I kind of like this pick as a as a low key as a team matchup on Sunday. I bet this as soon as I saw it, as soon as the lines came out. I bet Mississippi State minus ten. Laduka, I like it. I was looking at this pick as well because you know. UK's 3-0 for the first time in a long time. They beat Central Michigan. Obviously, they beat Florida. Florida beat up on Colorado State. I actually liked Colorado State a little bit this week, and 
they were in that game for a little bit, and then in the second half, it seems like a, a good play for people out there, by the way. The SEC teams, when they play these smaller teams in the second half, they've just been annihilating uh, uh, other schools. And then they beat up on Murray State. So I think that's the other thing, too, Chad. Like The people are seeing Kentucky 3-0. and There's going to be a giant crowd <clears throat> from a guy that's actually – covered horse racing and gone to Lexington and see how people uh, do travel well there. Um, this is going to be a big game in Kentucky, so that worries me a tiny bit, but I do think Mississippi State's the real deal. And I already see that you and Jeff have your your uh, minus 10 on. And you're, you're a guy that is a guy that does not like the way lay uh, 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 road favorites. So this is, this is a, a big pick for you, Chad. It is. I don't like to lay road favorites. I'm also not a huge college football guy. Like normally, um, I will wait until I start to get more information before I decide to make a bet on college football. But I'm feeling it. I'm feeling okay. it after BYU. I'm feeling it on Mississippi State. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Great okay. team. Not getting enough credit. Jeff Schwartz, you're next. All right. Um, I think I'm going to stay in the NFL here and kind of my feeling about teams not getting a lot of respect. And, I, and again, I'm, and I know the Raiders covered today, but I'm kind of on this fade the Raiders thing all season. So I think that they're, even though the, the game, you know, they won today, I don't think they played terribly well in the second half and they still have a lot of holes. Like they have to travel now after a really tough loss in Denver all the way to Miami um, to play a Miami team that's 2-0, and right? They beat the Jets uh, this week. They actually pounded the Jets, really, in New York after you know everyone thought the Jets were going to win 11-12 games. They beat Tennessee already this year. Um, they're, they're only laying three points. I kind of – and I think it's another underrated team who's playing really good ball. I know, Chad, you talk about it often, like the Southern teams that no one really cares about, that they kind of fall in that category. Um, I forget your exact terms on that, but it feels like this is another – game where no one's respecting the Dolphins. There's already 70, 77% of money on Oakland, uh, and they lost today. Like they, they haven't played good ball yet, and I just feel like this is another way to fade the public in this game. That is interesting. Yeah. I, don't know, I, I don't know why the money's coming in on Oakland, and it might be wise guy money right now, um, but I agree. The line has moved. It opened at four, and now it's down to three and a half. If it's going to keep coming in, I wonder if, um, if it's going to go even lower and get to three, I would like Miami even more there. Pauly, you've been to Miami. God, this pick is just like, you know, everybody thought that Miami was going to have the worst roster in that division, but that line is so telling you to play the other side. I actually think it's a sharp pick, Chad, to be honest with you. Um, you like Miami minus three and a half. Well, here's the thing. They, they sort of let Darno The Jets had their chances to get back in that game today, but... The Miami's got a better defense than you think. And um, when Tannehill is healthy, he can keep them in that game. And again, like he, Cincinnati, Miami, two games I would have never thought. And again, we talk about the tickets that you really don't want to send in or the tickets you should play. And I would have never thought he would have picked Miami. So I actually like this pick. Yeah, I can't disagree. One, I want to add one, I want to add one thing about Tannehill, by the way, is in 2016, they made the playoffs with, with Ron Tannehill. Now, he got hurt in that more of the play, you know, the last couple of games. Last year, he wasn't there. They were a wreck. Adam Gase, remember, their head coach, is, is considered like one of these offensive minds like a Sean McVay, like, like a Kyle Shanahan, like a Matt Nagy, like all these young coaches. He's considered of that elk. Now, he just hasn't had a quarterback. He had Jake Cutler last year. So now we're seeing him with Ryan Tannehill again, who's not a top 10 quarterback, but he's probably like 12 to 15 when he's healthy, which is plenty enough to win a game when you have other pieces around you. So I just don't think they're getting enough credit so far. I don't disagree. It's weird to me that the money is already coming in on the Raiders. It'll be interesting to see it play out. This is the beauty of doing this podcast on a Sunday night when lines are first posting and we're starting to see like the first hits come in because it gives us an indication of what some of the wise guys are doing. I'm, I'm, in, I'm with you, Jeff. Like I, I think Miami's the right the right side on here uh paulie you're up next okay with my next selection and it's i'm gonna piggyback on your boy and we're talking about teams that are a little bit underappreciated and how about washington state now they're they're three and oh they won 41 to 19 you know they shut out san jose state and you, you, you talk uh, about Schwartz. He said that he lost a lot of units. San Jose State gave Oregon some fits this weekend. Um, 
Florida State in that game. Like, Oregon can never really just, like, spurt away from them at all. So, to me, this is a simple, simple game of listening to our boy, Colin Wilson, and playing an underrated team here in the Pac-12. Now with Arizona State losing, we need teams out of the Pac-12 to start emerging, and I think Washington State's to play here against SC, plus the points. I have to pick another pick now, Paul, because this is going to be my third one. I love this pick. I saw this right away. Um, you have a USC team that is not very good, and I think there's a lot of questions now whether Clay Helton is a really good coach because we saw he wasn't very good without Sam Darnold, then Sam Darnold plays for two years. He's pretty good. And now, you know, the first half against, uh, against UNLV, well, really, they were only up 19 to 14 entering the fourth quarter. Now they scored three touchdowns or something in the fourth quarter and won the game easily. Um, they lost to Stanford in really a no contest, 17 to three. And then Texas blew them out. Texas is what a six and six team, a seven and six team. Like they're, they're just like okay. Texas might get run out the gym by TCU this week. They probably will. So I I think this is great. You get the the point. And by the way, also Paul, you're a West Coast guy. You know this. Friday night night games in the Pac-12 are funky, dude. They're weird as can be, and there's a lot of upsets on Friday night in the Pac-12 conference. Um, this feels very much like a, like a Washington State could win this game outright. I'm, I'm with both of you. It was one of the games that I sort of pegged on the board, and, and I knew, Jeff, that you wanted to take it, and then Paul just stole it from you. As a guy who played in the <laughs> Pac-12, is it stranger to play a game on a Friday night? Is it harder to play a game on a Friday night? The Pac-12 has had really weird scheduling quirks, and they fixed some of these issues um, that they've had on like Friday nights. Like they, they, they've always like sent like really good teams like out of con- like not out of conference, but like to weird spots. Like they put like a ranked USC team up in Pullman in Washington. It's like a weird place to play. Or you know, you're playing Corvallis at Oregon State on the Friday night. They just always have sent like really good teams that really at like the weirdest places to play in the conference. And if you've ever been to Pullman or you've ever been to Corvallis, like you kind of would understand the quirkiness of those places. Um, and it's, uh, I, I'm just, it just is the, the packed after dark, the games that start, you know, late at night, they're just odd, man. There's a lot of points. They, they don't go as you think they're going to go. It's just a weird conference out West sometimes when the lights are on. All right. So now we're at Washington state plus four and a half against USC. I agree. Um, Indianapolis Colts plus seven against the Philadelphia Eagles. Here's my logic. Number one, Andrew Luck. I am all in on Andrew Luck. He was great in that game against the Bengals in week one. And if not for Jack Doyle fumbling the ball, I kind of feel like the Colts win that game. Like he was driving him down. The Bengals were having a hard time stopping him. He's magical. I know that goes against a lot of what we talked about in Jeff's pick, but I felt like Andrew Luck was great. And like you could see why he was Andrew Luck and why people were so excited for him to come back. Number two, the defense hasn't been great, but they've been better. And they've got a lot of young talent that flies to the ball. And I've been really impressed. Obviously, they did a great job against uh, Alex Smith and Washington today. And the Eagles, on the flip side, they have not been able to move the ball. They have not been impressive. And Nick Foles has been uh, kind of a game manager without any plays in his arsenal. He hasn't been the guy that played in the playoffs last year and uh, at the end of the season. So I feel like you're getting the better quarterback um, and a team that is getting a lot of confidence uh, with a pretty big number. I love this pick for a couple of reasons why. Um, one is, you know, the Eagles, again, are playing a backup quarterback. I, th- I think we keep forgetting that they are playing a backup quarterback, right? Nick Foles going to be a backup when, when, when Wentz comes back. Now, Wentz might be cleared this week to, to, to start practicing, so I don't know if he's going to play, but if he does play, he's going to be rusty. And I think with Andrew Luck, you always give yourself an opportunity to um, to you know to to win games. Like he's a great guy to kind of like cover for you. I think he every game at the very end of games he seems to be scrambling, making plays. And I, I think this is a lot of points here for a Colts team that's a little bit undervalued, and the Eagles team is a little overvalued. Yeah, I love this pick, Chad. I like it a lot. Uh, Foles is getting a little happy feet. Ji was. He came out of the game and then came back in the game, so he was a little bit banged up. So, And I always love betting on the, the neck beard. He's one of my favorite guys. I am plus units 
with Andrew Luck. He, like he's just you know how you have like a favorite guy to play on. And you're like he just does doesn't owe me anything. Andrew Luck doesn't owe me anything. Whenever I play him or play against him, the neckbeard works. Well, listen. If there's anything that I'm never going to bet against, it's a neckbeard, and it's also uh, Andrew Luck has. Um, there's a, a fake Andrew Luck handle on Twitter. Oh, it's uh, outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And uh, I wish I could find it. I wish I could. I could. Isn't I it Captain Andrew Luck or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. And it's like just him as a as a Civil War general <laughs> writing letters home to his loved one. Oh, and, oh, and they're great. And he always puts Neckbeard in there, too. He knows he has it, too, which is he he acknowledges but is it that him he running loves it? it. I don't think it's him running it. Is, it's yeah. a parody account. Is, it is a yeah. parody. OK. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's absolutely dude. great. It's and absolutely it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Schwartz, you're up. <laughs> All right. Since Paulie took my college pick, I'm going to go back to NFL. And I actually saw this total is now posted. I'm glad it's finally posted. A lot of points, but I'm going over 54 and a half. A ton of points NFL, Chiefs and 49ers, uh, first home game for the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes right now has 10 touchdowns and no interceptions. He is absolutely balling right now. And we've seen the Niners allow 24 to Minnesota. They also allowed 27 today to the Lions at home. But really, I'm picking this game because the Chiefs defense is garbage. They are garbage. They have allowed, I'll pull up right now to make sure I have the numbers right, they allowed 424 passing yards to Phillip Rivers. And and if you recall that game in week one, the Chargers dropped like seven touchdown passes and they allowed 28 points to Houston. Today, to Pittsburgh, they allowed 37 points. And Big Ben had 452 yards passing. The Chiefs defense is so bad. So you combine that with a a really good Chiefs offense. It's multidimensional, hard to stop. We know that Andy Reid start seasons really fast. In 2013, I was there. We were 9-0 and to start. Last year, they were 5-0 and to start. This year, they seem to be the same way. I think it points rain down Arrowhead this weekend. But what do you think of... Um, what's it like to start a season 9-0? Um, it was great until we went to, to Denver and Peyton Manning just tore us apart in 2013. I, I remember I was, I was standing on the sidelines... And I'll never forget this because it made me like really understand how good Payne Manning was. I'm standing on the sidelines, and I'm, I'm like, there. I'm at like the 30, and they're at the other 30. And I'm on the sidelines, and I hear it's like he throws a pass down the sidelines, right? Like it's come the ball's coming right at me. I thought to myself, dude, there is no way this ball gets to where it's supposed to be, and it hit the receiver right in the hands, and the guy caught like right in front of me. I was like in such an awe of Payne Manning throwing the football. I think it's the first time I ever played against him. Um, we lost that game, and then we lost game two, two weeks later to them as well. But that was a, a little closer the second time. Um, but 9-0 is fun, man, because uh, you, you basically get yourself a playoff spot when you start 9-0. And we, we do make the playoffs that year. But what are the coaches like? Like, what do they have you do in the film room? Are they con- Is it like, do they celebrate the wins, or do they just keep telling you, don't believe the hype, this is what we got to get better at, that kind of thing? Uh, uh, I mean, I think selling the wins is, is a little much. I mean, they, they, we celebrate the wins. I mean, Andy Reid is a big fan of giving us, like, he would give us Mondays off when we won, so we got nine straight Mondays off. But we, we had some issues, though. Like, we offensively, it took us a while to get going that year. So we won a couple games that season, especially in the first nine games, with our defensive special teams. I think that year we led the NFL in, in defensive touchdowns and special teams touchdowns. So, you know, we, we went to Buffalo and won a game like, Ten to seven, like something crazy like that. But then, we, but then we ended the year. By the way, scoring like fifty six points, forty nine points, thirty five points. Like we scored a lot to end the season, but it just took us a while to get going. It's just a lot of fun because, like NFL is such a tough sport to play, and really the only thing that unites the entire locker room, the coaching staff, the media people, the the PR, the trainers is winning football games. It makes the entire facility just so much more fun to be around. So. Um, it's awesome to win football games. It's the only thing I miss about playing. It's the feeling of, of playing three hours. You're all beat up. You're tired. You're sore. But you walk in that locker room and everyone's happy because you won a football game. That's what I feel like. That's why people celebrate so much when they get to the end zone. It's hard to get in the end zone. Like, you should celebrate because you don't know if you'll ever get there again. That's why you should celebrate about going 3-0 and this week, Chad. I am celebrating that, Paul. Are you um, doing thank- that dance without everybody seeing it? Thank you for bringing that up. What is the longest winning streak you ever had in baseball? 
Uh, winning streak? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I think my, I, we had like a 10 game when I was in the minor league, somewhere in that area. That's it? That's yeah, it? somewhere in that area. Yeah. Oh, you were the Dodgers for a while. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. Paul, um, what do you think of Jeff's pick? Over 54. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of points. Um, I watched the, most of the uh, the Detroit game today. Matthew Stafford, by the way, if you remember, Chad, Jeff Schwartz claimed him as a Hall of Famer, and we saw his Hall of Fame stats today when they were down. Um, he threw for a ton of yards, and Golden Tate made it look nice and all warm and fuzzy inside there late. Um yeah, they have no D, and I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, so many penalties called. It's, it's just getting out of control, some of the penalties that have been called and drives being extended. I want to say some of the early games, 60 or 70% of them went over the total. So Vegas is going to have to start adjusting these, and you're going to see a lot of these totals start going in the upper 40s. 44s, 45s, and 46s are going away. You know, these 41s and 42s for under and overs, they're going to start going away too. I agree with you. I think this is an opportunity. I think it's an opportunity for exactly what you just said. Like, Vegas is still hasn't quite adjusted to any new offensive rules and some new systems that are being developed. Um, I am all over this. Uh, I hate going over like a big number. And, Jeff, when you first said it, I was like, this guy's a fucking square. But I've come around <laughs> in the last few minutes. Thank you. I was going to challenge you. I was going to challenge you. Paulie, you're up. Are you ready for this one, Chad? I'm ready. You're really ready for this one? Oh, God. This is going to be like a classic Laduka trash pick. But let's hear it. A Laduka trash pick? Wow. Hey, I went Tennessee Titans in Mike Vrabel. It turns out that Blaine Gabbert, or actually it turns out that the coaching tree of Bill Belichick does produce wins. Okay, Mike Vrabel got his first win today with Blaine Gabbert at the helm. So now they go into Jacksonville, who just destroyed the New England Patriots, everybody's darling. And what line do they hang up for you? Six and a half. Come to Las Vegas. Come play the Jacksonville Jaguars, who just beat the mighty Patriots, and lay your six and a half points and lose all your money while Paula Duca bets the Tennessee Titans, the Fighting Vrabels, plus six and a half. Book it, Dano. Give me a reason. It is the biggest trap line in history. What everybody saw today was a dominating performance by New England. They actually saw a pretty good performance by Blake Bortles. His receivers were open everywhere. That long delivery was never any hindrance because the Patriots have no pass rush. For some reason, they match up very, very well. Calais Campbell was at one point going into the game was not supposed to play. He ended up playing. They won the game without Fournette, which to me, sometimes I think he can hinder them every once in a while. So it did not matter. They won the game on defense, and they just give the Patriots fits. But now this is a game where it's an inter- a divisional game. They know each other. Mariota might play next week. I'm telling you, this is going to be a three-point game. Vegas is hanging this lineup begging for you to play the Jacksonville Jaguars, and people are. People are going to actually line up and bet Blake Bortles this week, and I am going to laugh. I I think Jacksonville hard this week. I do wonder if the line gets above seven. I doubt it. I bet I bet the juice will just change. Uh, I will say this: the Titans have uh, beat the uh, the Jaguars now. Um, well, they beat them twice in a row last year, and 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 if you look around. Uh, they just seem to have their number. They won 15 to 10 late in the season. They won big early in the year, something like 37 to 20, something around that at the beginning of the year. Um, it just worries me when you have both of the tackles for the Titans were out this week against the Jaguars defense and Blaine Gabbert. I mean, that's just that that whole package worries me though. Um, but I think to your point about fading the public, this will be a spot to fade the public. You guys are fucking idiots! Wow. I I well we have to well if we chose one. We, the problem is is I kind of want to challenge the other one Paul had, but I I have to choose one or the other to challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I am so okay. So, so wait, so wait. We were going to challenge New Mexico last week. They won every game that you guys want to challenge. 
I win. The ones that you don't true. want to challenge, I don't win. So that, I got to keep this in mind. I got to write this down. In our, in our practice reps, we did challenge that Baltimore minus seven, and he won that one. So what are you saying right now? I should back off? That I should What's your next pick, on? Millman? I, we should wait for all the picks and then go over them and then see why who's you challenge. Why are you against this one, Chad? Um, I think that some themes are going to develop here. I think that the Rams are going to continually get high numbers and they're going to cover. I think the Jags are going to continually get high numbers and they're going to cover. Oh my um, God, you're not buying into the Blake Bortles ice cream in week two. Honestly, you, you, you seriously dude, need, you were dude, buying in the Jimmy Garoppolo until week two, no? No, no, no. Here's what I'm telling you. I watched the Jaguars beat up on the Giants so badly. Their defense is so good. They are so confident. They are the so Giants big. got zero points at halftime against the Cowboys. They are so fast at every position. I think they're amazing. And I don't think the Titans have anything that can compete with the Jaguars. I'm not uncomfortable laying six and a half on the Jaguars at home against the Titans. I think that's probably going to be the right side. Have you ever done voiceovers? You say amazing, no pun intended, so amazing. <laughs> this is a game that I personally would not bet. I don't know if that means that I should challenge it or just we have Paul on this podcast for a reason and we should let like let him pick not have to challenge every pick of his. I don't I don't know what to do, Chad. <laughs> you sound like my wife. You know, tonight we were we we were it was the neighborhood block party tonight and um our older son is out and he wanted to stay out later and I was texting with him and I said no and then he was arguing with me on the text and I just looked at my wife and I'm like I don't know what to do anymore. She goes I don't think I can parent anymore. <laughs> we well, just at our wit's end, of, right? And I feel like I feel, I feel like, like you're like I don't know what to do. Wow! By the end of every podcast, so I feel like a like, child like getting co-parented week, like, by you two guys. <laughs> like, like last week when you gave that New Mexico pick, you know, child was like, "Jeff, what do you think?" And I was like, I, "What do you want me to tell you? I, I don't. I have not researched the real grand rivalry." So obviously, Paul had done some research. I just like I am very anti Blake Bortles. I think a lot of my like 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 I bet against Jaguars now two weeks in a row. I've obviously lost those two bets. Like I'm just very anti Blake Bortles, and maybe I should get on the Bortles train. But like I think he's not a very good quarterback. And like today, for example, they just for whatever reason New England was like we're going to play two man, and Jaguars is going to run a bunch of crossing routes, and New England wasn't going to change their defense for anything. Like we're going to do it. And I Belichick is a stubborn ass like that sometimes. He just doesn't. It's either prove a point. Or he wants to see how guys handle the pressure, or he, you know, this is a game where he just decided, you know what, we're going to see how how two man works against you know Jacksonville, so we don't have to run it. We see in the playoffs again. I don't know what is, I don't know what he was doing, but their guys are running all over the place, and I just I don't play Bortles, man. But I don't really terribly want to bet against them now. I'm only two betting against them. All right, the the best argument you made was that. We got LaDuca on this podcast for a reason. We might as well let him make his picks. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> let him make his picks. <laughs> All right. So here's my last pick. Here's my last pick. Uh, I am going to go with the Cleveland Browns. Oh, my God. Minus three and a half over the New York Jets. And, Jeff, the Browns defense, man, you said it at the beginning. <clears throat> They are a wild, wild bunch. They are talented. They are young. Greg Williams, I feel like Greg Williams might be the defensive coordinator, the only defensive coordinator in the league, who's actually worth points against the point spread. Like, he has that team playing well. And um, I'm just impressed by them. I've watched so much of them in the first two weeks. I'm not impressed with the Jets at all. Uh, The Lions, to me, weren't that good in week one. Uh, the Dolphins kind of destroyed the Jets and dominated them today. Um, give me the Brownies minus three and a half. So you're picking the Browns to win their first game. I need, I need, I need a challenge. Tries. I need a chance fight. I need a challenge. No, in, in 19 tries. 19 tries, you're picking the Browns they, to win, essentially, by over a field goal? When's the last time they've been favored, Schwartzy? 
I don't want even want to know, but um, it's been about three years. Oh boy. Here's the thing. You're, you're lucky that, I won't get over the kicker because he went to Arizona that, State. That, that half point bothers me a lot. That game, that game today did not disturb you? If you can't win that game today, when are you ever going to win? Game's already been bet down. It opened at three and a half. Now it's at three. You said that last week about New Mexico. Oh, man. Money coming in. I mean, Paul, Interesting. He was, he Interesting. Was Early money. Hold on one sec. Early money uh, is all on Cleveland. Early action is all on Cleveland, yet the line has been bet down to three, which means some wise guy money came in on the Jets. They were probably taking the hook. Josh Gordon, he puffed a big blunt, and he put all the money on the Jets. Um, They are – the Browns are 2-0 against the spread, by the way. you and you Jackson's won one game, so we need him to win his second game. But he's got to win it by more than how many points? So three points. So here's some strategy, Paul. Here's some strategy, Paul. I love Chad. He's like three points. Do we allow Chad? Do we allow Chad to to take this pick, and then we could just mock him the rest of the season for taking the Browns as a favorite? Here's here's the thing, like. He like in, like like you know the phrase nobody puts baby in a corner. He's got he, he's got us in a corner. Like I'm one and two. You, you might go zero oh and three or one and two. He's three and zero. Oh. We're we're buried. We cannot argue his picks. Like last week we had a big argument, but that was a test show. He banged us when it happened. Like we 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 had good spring trainings. And he went off first week Undefeated. of the year. Yeah yeah. I gotta, I gotta say, you're clutch. Mil- you know what I do? I kind of feel, like, Mil- feel like you have to take this pick, Paul. I kind of feel like we. I feel like me and you have to eat this and, and take the Browns. I, I tell you what, if he goes three and zero and then gets the Cleveland Browns to cover, I would think the first game they've been favorites. I'd have to research within the last twenty games. I would say, right? Have they been favorites? They were favored. They were favored I want to say I bet him a couple times last year. I think they were even favored against the Jets last year too at home. They were and. Uh, and um, I bet them that game, and that, that did me a lot of good, too. Um, but um, I, mean, I, think, I feel like this is like Chad gets this one, man. He like, this is the virtue going 3-0. He gets, to, he gets to have this Browns pick. When the spotlight is brightest, the Millie Monster shows up. <laughs> the Millie Monster? This guy's third-personing and nicknaming. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. Let's recap where we're at. Are you ready? Are you boys yes. ready? <laughs> yes. Are you boys ready to roll? Here we go. Cincinnati Bengals plus three at Carolina. The Minnesota Vikings, Jesus Christ. The Minnesota Vikings minus 16 and a half over Buffalo. Mississippi State minus 10 on the road at Kentucky. The Miami Dolphins minus three and a half against the Oakland Raiders. Washington State, I love this pick, plus four and a half against the way overrated USC Trojans. The Indianapolis Colts, plus seven versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The, oh Jesus, the over 54 and a half between the Chiefs and the Niners. The Titans, plus six and a half against the Jags. And the Browns minus three and a half against the Jets. I wrote this on a piece of paper, and um, I'm glad I did because these picks represent the uh, geometric shape of this paper, which is they are all pretty fucking square. All right, fellas, this has been the Favorites Podcast. Please download, please subscribe, please unsubscribe, please resubscribe, rate, and review. You can catch us three times a week on Wednesday. I'll be back with bookmaker Bob Scucci. This has been the Parlay Show with Jeff Schwartz, Paul LaDuca, and me, Chad Norman from the Action Network. Thank you for listening.